welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our over gloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. And welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast. Peeps with your peeps. Irene and Katrina. Irene, Irene and Katrina. Irene, and Katrina. What is going on Irene. in your world, Hi, my friend? Pickle. Do you know where I am? I'm in uh, Bienvenido a Miami. I am in Miami. <laughs> I am mind blown. I can't. My ins. My heart hurts so much that I can travel to see so many Americans traveling. Yeah. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I, I I have no comment. Like I have absolutely no comment. Yep, and and yet here we are, um, enjoying the sun, enjoying the um, humidity. Um, turns out because I live in Phoenix, I don't have a lot of humidity. If you well, so those of you who are coming for EDHA, F your I, Phoenix is very dry. Bring a lot of face moisturizer. Bring a lot of chapstick. Drink a lot of water because it's the desert. And so living in the desert and then going to Miami, it feels very different here. Like, huh? my hair is like freaking – do you ever see that Friends episode where Monica goes to like Barbados or something and her hair is like – Oh, freaking, yeah. <laughs> that's like yeah. what my hair is like. Like I keep spraying like anti-frizz hair spray and it keeps getting like crazy. That's so funny. I have the opposite of that problem. Okay, well, we've got an episode. Let's keep this intro short. Let's I'm living do my it. best life. Thanks for asking. I always um, want to know if you're living your best got an life. Would you like a song? Absolutely. Yeah. She already I'm, knows I'm I want not, a song. I'm, I'm okay. Cue it up, sister. You want a song? All right. I've cued it up. Uh, here we go. I'm nervous. <laughs> Beautiful acoustic guitar scenario. Don't know why Tori came by. Do you know who the singer is? I could see by the look in No. Who is this? It's, it's, it's obviously John Mayer, who I think is phenomenal, phenomenal, and, and extremely handsome, and all of the all of the words. This wow. Okay, so this is John Mayer. So. No. Okay. Let's see if I can get a punchline. No. Okay, so so the name is called Vic the song is called Victoria. And he doesn't actually say Victoria. Wait. <laughs> he says Tori. Tori, which is like Victoria. Yeah, I was like, I he- I'm hearing a Tori. Okay, so let me tell you why this is so fun. Yes. I've been hanging out with Victoria Peterson so all week. Oh, yeah? Yes. Cool. Yes. And so she does she know like, that her delightful. episode is going up today? I don't think she does. I don't think she does. But this is, you're in for a treat, you guys, because this is a wonderful episode. I think she's, um, 
she's so bright and talented. And I think one of my favorite things about her is that she has such a cool outlook on where our profession was, is, and where it's going, which is such a refreshing piece. And I feel like both you and I, when we like first started recording this episode, we were like super intense. And then by the end of it, we were like, wow, like, yeah. Yeah, this is good. It's good. It's I just feel like I was good. yelling the entire time. She just has such a chill voice, and I felt like she I was just screaming. And I normally have a pretty chill voice. And like in in order of like chill voice to non chill voice, I feel like I'm right. in the middle, and you are normally like way more louder and higher yeah, and screechier so. than me. I think so. Yeah, I agree. And she was like, she was just, she was, just she was bringing us back mm-hmm. in. Yeah, it was good. That yeah. was really good. It was a cool. good journey for us, I feel like. Well, we won't give it all away. Here is the episode with Madam Victoria Peterson, and we'll catch you on the flip side. On the flippity flip. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps. We're doing it. Yeah. With your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Welcome back. We are here. None of us are living our best lives. How are you today, my friend? Are you living your best life? I need to know. I'm 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 doing it, Irene. I'm just doing it. Yeah. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it exactly? I want to know what you're doing with it. Well, um, I've, I've been all over the city because I don't have Wi-Fi at my house right now. What, so what is all, happening with your internet situation? I don't like, know. I don't, I don't have, in, I don't have Wi-Fi. So I, like, I literally feel like I'm like a, like a pioneer woman. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm an Amish. Are you, are you, are you uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder with yes, your bonnet? And that's and, right. And, and after I've done, I'm going to churn butter after this oh and go down to the general store. <laughs> take some furs sew a coat i don't know will you sew me a it's coat because it's still snowing here of course yeah i mean it's really I, cold here so i i could i would appreciate a coat and i turned off the the air i mean I'm, I'm, mm. as, as a business owner you got to cut your costs where you yeah, can you so watch those, as soon yeah. as the last employee is out of this office i'm turning the heat off like it's okay, gonna be it's gonna it. be sub-zero in here any second isn't that but, what scrooge does in a christmas <laughs> carol like yeah. bob cratchit is like please may i have a coal and you're like you're like, no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, I, I'm also good. I'm also living my best life. Thank you for asking. Yeah. You, you seem to forget to ask that. how I'm doing. It's all I'm about always wanting to know. No, I'm always wanting to know if you're living your best life and I'm waiting for you to, to say it, to say the, the peace day resistance. And I, you I know mean, what I find crazy where let's just, uh, no one can see this, but if you take a look at my hair, if I have my head in a certain angle, yeah. I have completely brown hair. I find it fascinating and then then it's blonde i find it fascinating that in these times people can travel to trade shows in the united states of america Uh but i can't even Mm -hmm. see my hairdresser to get my roots done yeah but i like i like the dark on you though so i think the universe is telling you to just honor it yeah immigrant looks good on me doesn't it <laughs> so you know, when I came here from Romania with twenty dollars in my pockets. Anyways, we have a guest. A guest who's wondering what what podcast episode she, she she's like. How is this a thing? She's like, I think I got on the wrong Zoom channel here. What am I doing? <laughs> Who oh, are no. these people? What they oh, don't know? Yeah, teeth yeah. stuff. <laughs> we have the lovely Victoria Peterson on Yay! on the line, <laughs> Doctor Victoria Peterson. Hello. 
<laughs> Wait, is it, well, is it Dr. Victoria Peterson? It is Dr. Victoria Katrina, Peterson. Katrina, you didn't put that in my sheet. It just I says have, Victoria well, Peterson. Irene likes to learn about our guests throughout the and episode. And then it says background info for our use is dental hygienist from 1982 to 1995. So I just thought that Victoria you Peterson was correctly. a hygienist who You're retired correct. in 1995. Are you guys you are, are you guys playing with me right now? Yes, let's do this. This will be great. No, I Vic, Victoria, give us a um give us a quick over the balcony view of who you are before we really deep dive cuz Irene is going to need to deep dive. She's going to need to be doing some major get a deep Victoria dive off a building here. in a moment. <laughs> so so well, you're, first of all, I have to say this is absolutely the most side-splitting fun hour of my day. So thank you both already. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and Irene, you are correct. I was a dental hygienist, dun dun dun, before gloves were a part of dentistry. Oh my gosh. Wow. And uh my in 1984, I had my first, yes, 1984, I had my first patient die of AIDS. After seeing him four times a year, because he was, of course, diabetic and perio without wow. gloves. So wow. back in the day, this was even before we had all of the hepatitis vaccinations available. Mm. So when I say I was right there with Moses and Noah coming off the ark, <laughs> you know, like we would when we got gloves, when they finally came out, literally there was a shortage. So we would wash <laughs> them and hang them up. No you know. way. Yeah. And then use alcohol wipes to wow. you know, like, do the whole thing. Those are wow. some durable gloves. I can barely They're like put one on and it doesn't break. You have like no tactile oh. sense in those things, I'm sure. You're just no, like, they were like, they were like they cleaning were like teeth with rubber gloves on. Yes, like the blue Playtex gloves they were like mm. that yeah wow wow <laughs> okay that's so, amazing so i let's, love clinical let's go further back to that so let's let's do let's do the thing are we can we do the thing katrina can i do the thing will you let me do the thing you you can do the thing absolutely okay. but okay we, but we, okay let's do it okay i want to know about you before dentistry so i want to know who you are as a human like where did you go to school oh. where where did you grow up were you did you live on a farm were you in a city did you have chickens did you like you know do, All that. do, do you farm people do you on do, episode, do so did you I, like change the engine in an old chevelle like on yes. your spare time like what yes. what did you do were you a girl scout I, yeah yes. do you remember what it was like in kindergarten yes to all of that and um it's so it'd be great to <laughs> Katrina was at um, Jumpstart this year, where I really did take people into my childhood oh, and cool. all the all the crazy redneck stuff. And so I grew up in the Okefenokee Swamp, which is on the Georgia Florida line. Okay. And um, I do remember kindergarten. I actually remember younger than that because my dad, for some reason, thought it would be a great idea to bring a little baby alligator home from the swamp and put it in the bird bath. <laughs> And then he ate a chicken. So folklore has it. He took it back to the swamp. So this group has not progressed much from there. So they're still doing that, right? They're still bringing little oh, yeah. alligators home. Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. They're still bringing wild <laughs> alligators home. And they're still, you know, probably frying up frog legs and eating crawfish and stuff like that. So oh, well, the crawfish cool sounds delicious. I don't know yeah. about the, the frog legs. Frog I mean, they are a French delicacy. Kind of chickeny. Like really? Huh. They're not bad. So, yeah. They're not, yeah, bad. not bad. And I love, I love kindergarten because, uh, oh, there's a great uh, author, an old, old book. He was a um, Atlanta journal 
uh, journalist called Everything I Needed to Know in Life I Learned in Kindergarten. And it is true. Right. It is true. And so I still nap every day. No way. You nap every day? That's cool. That's really cool. I have to. Yeah, my brain is so active. What time? What time are we napping here? Like, what? what yeah, is it, yeah. is it like, like is it a noon nap or is it an after lunch nap? No, it's a it's a twenty minute power nap. Whenever my brain just like you can see the sizzling coming off because Whoa. you just mm. your brain a little too much. It's like defragging the computer. Mm-hmm. I have a MacBook. We don't we don't do that anymore. I have a Mac too. But <laughs> yeah, so those who don't, I thought I did the Defrag- right. Defragging really ages us. That we know we know what no, defragging is. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, defragging. <laughs> I remember that. I, used to do, I, I did that when my the, kid yeah. pick stopped working. <laughs> I had to. I already gave out the pre uh, you know rubber glove reference, so we know Noah and Abraham are my mm-hmm. friends. So oh. we established that oldness here. <laughs> okay, so. so you grew up in the Florida Georgia line. Why hygiene? Like what? What? Um, because I wanted to escape the swamp, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there was. Um, I love the dentist. I mean, going to the dentist was such a big deal for our family. You know, we got dressed up in our Sunday church clothes to go wow. to the dentist, and so my mother and I love my that. aunt. I had two cousins, so there were like five kids. They'd load us all up, and we would drive 35 to 40 miles to Jacksonville. So we got to go to the big city. It was a really big deal. And afterwards, we could go to Burger King, and we would all, you know, you're numb, and you would have this milkshake (laughs) drinking contest with your cousins, you know, (laughs) with your numb (laughs) lips, and, you know, get some crazy balloon. So going to the dentist, even though... He gave out those huge lollipops, like those Shirley Temple rainbow lollipops for Whoa. good boys and girls. Yeah. Because again, I'm old. And in the 60s, we did not know that sugar caused cavities. And on the way <laughs> oh. out, on the way out, they would give us these huge lollipops. So within the next six months, we walked back in with more cavities. More cavities. Um, that gentleman did uh, become one of the pioneers, though, once they got the connection in rehabilitating his patients and educating community. (laughs) So it was just, it was fun. And when I was in high school, I thought, why am I going to, I have more than enough credits to graduate. Why am I going to spend another year taking AP classes to prove that I'm good enough to go to college when there's a community college 35 miles from here and I could just go start college. (laughs) And that made, there was no, running start. They have programs like that now, but back in the, you know, 80s, late 70s, they didn't have those programs. So I just created my own. And I knew my parents would not let me do that unless I declared a major. And I thought they have dental hygiene there. I like my dentist. That'll be good. Never in my wildest dream did I think a 17-year-old kid would get accepted into dental hygiene school. I didn't have my prerequisites. I was an average B kind of person. There were 400 applicants for 20 slots. I thought, this is the perfect con for my parents. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to go and I'm just going to take general classes. And then I'll go to the University of Georgia and meet up with my classmates and study business. Like that was my plan. And then I got my acceptance letter. And my dad was in Army Reserve. And I swear to God, I was so young. I didn't know you could say no to college. Hmm. So oh. I, thought, I thought it was like a draft letter. 
and I'm crying. <laughs> You've been drafted to dental hygiene school. <laughs> I was drafted to dental hygiene school and I'm crying. And my mom goes, oh, look, Jean, she's so happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> I didn't know how to say no. So off I marched to like, you know, three years of hell. And uh, Super, <laughs> Super Tramp was playing. Remember that song, uh, that Breakfast in America album? It taught me how to be clinical and logical, the logical song. Sure, sure. <laughs> Play that. That should be my intro song when I talk about hygiene. I think I think that's the name of our episode is Super Tramp with Victoria Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Victoria Peterson. <laughs> Dr. Victoria Peterson. <laughs> okay, so you started hygiene school uh, f- just because you were enlisted. And, yeah. and And then how did you know you would like it? I, I had no way out. I didn't like it. I just had really? to survive. I had to survive. So I survived. Um, I think what helped me was because I also had a delinquent brother at the time. And my parents had no idea what to do with him. Is he like so like they, delinquent? Like he was like setting stuff on fire or like, what do we, what do we, how delinquent here? That's a whole nother episode, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so she, they thought, Let's send him to Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm. Oh. That'll help. Okay. And they didn't trust that he would actually make it there. So I was the chaperone. So I'm there. I'm 17 years old. And I'm with 40-something middle managers from corporate America who were sent there, mostly because they had anger management issues, I think. And they didn't know how to manage people. So it was kind of like Toastmasters yeah. and, and management influence. So at 17... I'm getting that deep, rich education on how to speak and be in front of people and influence. And I really just thank my parents so much for that day. Because that, so I thought, you know what? If nothing else, I'll become a hygienist and then I can be a hygienist while I go to business school. And then when I graduate business school, I will have something to talk about, you know, because every, who's going to listen to a 17 year old kid. So that was, I had a sketch of a career, you know, kind of in my head. So this, this Dale Carnegie event, um, was it Dale Carnegie speaking or was it kind of an influence of kind of like how Tony Robbins is now where it's like a whole marathon weekend. What, what was that like? Yeah. I'm not quite as old as Dale Carnegie, but pretty darn close. So these were his, and this organization still thrives today, right? Yeah, where they yeah. have the Dale Carnegie trainers. Mm-hmm. So they, they were Dale Carnegie trainers, but okay. I would say that they were probably second generation and trained by Dale Carnegie himself. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. cool. So, okay. yeah, that, so, okay. How did you get to consult with Tony Robbins organization? What does that mean? Yeah. So Tony Robbins was actually in dentistry for about a decade, believe that or not. What? In his really? 30s. Yeah. What did he do? What did he do? He, he did what he did now. Consult? So all, Yell no. at team? Motivate no. team? <laughs> Fire jump team? Trampolines? Did he Fire jump on team? trampolines? That's what I want to know. Set stuff uh, on fire? <laughs> so, well, yes. And so he brought all of his personal power technology to a group of um, doctors. The organization was called Quest at the time. So they're a group of practice management company that went into business with Tony and they formed Fortune Management. And that company is still mm-hmm. there today. Tony is no longer an owner. And so that was one of the companies that had trained me in Atlanta where I was working as a hygienist. And 
when my children were little, they were both preterm babies and they needed a lot of intensive care from their mamacita. Uh, so I found myself in a position where even working two days a week, I couldn't be consistent. So I stayed home and they called me and said, we're looking for somebody literally who could help us run the projector at the back of the room. Are you interested? And I said, yes, please. Like anything to get me out of the house. So I actually started consulting in event logistics where I would set up the projector. Oh, you're going to love this. The five disc CD player. Oh, look at nice. you. I know. The VHS video <laughs> player. <laughs> and so I had been in some of the earlier times where we filmed Tony and we had 96 hours of Tony Robbins on video. And that's a lot of hours of Tony Robbins. That's a lot of Tony Robbins. Of Tony. Yeah. yeah. So I did the firewalk. I did the board breaking. I jumped out of airplanes. He wrote the forward for my first book on team building and just a great guy. Just a really wait, great what, wait, wait, wait. He wrote the forward on a, your book? Uh, yeah. A book that I wrote back in 1999 on team building. That's so cool. So Very how cool. This, give, give us the timeline, uh, Victoria. So you, you graduate from hygiene school, you get into clinical practice, you, you have these kiddos and then you kind of pivoted from there. Yeah. So I needed something that was more flexible and okay. I went into event coordination okay. and then they had an opportunity, uh, to do a little bit of light consulting in, mm. uh, their hygiene departments. So hmm, okay. I go in for other consultants and I would work with their hygienist and get them up to speed. Um, I eventually bought a franchise. So I lived in Atlanta. I bought a Connecticut franchise and had a partner there. So I did full practice management and I developed a program for them called Hygiene Mastery. And that's still going today as well. So I just really mm-hmm. love developing programs and curriculum and educational pieces. Um, I sold that in 2002 and I took a two-year sabbatical where I did just like whatever the heck I wanted to do. So I moved from Atlanta to the San Juan Islands, which is north of Seattle, Washington, with my two kiddos and um, was pretty content growing mint and rosemary. And <laughs> do I even know how to garden? I don't know. I, I mean, mint, mint just grows on its own. It's kind of like exactly. a weed. That's, that's why I could. It'll grow take it. over your garden if you're not careful. Yeah. Okay. So when I say I was growing mint, I found mint in the yard and I didn't pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody who knows me knows, like, like she's totally lying. She cannot carry this. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's when my partner Bruce Beard called and said. You know, I'm doing this thing for dentists. Can you come and maybe teach the team? That's cool. Yeah. And and for the for the listeners, who is Dr. Bruce Baird? What 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 does he do? Dr. Baird is a key influencer in dentistry. He is from Texas. Um, Gosh, um, he's probably one of the most clinically astute gentlemen I've ever met. He's a diplomat in everything. And so down to earth uh, about it all that you would just never know that. So Bruce was really talking about productivity and he was doing the productive dentist seminar and doctors would come and you, you both will love this. He said, if the office has a productivity issue, nine times out of 10, it is not a team issue. 
It is so not a team issue. It is not a team issue. Nine times out of 10, the doctor will blame the team. Why am I not more productive? Why aren't you scheduling mm-hmm. me? Why is my... And he goes, it's not the team's fault. It's just not. It's you, doctor. Mm. So he started oh. that whole program. He said, Vic, all I want to teach them is that nine inches between their ears. They got some stinking thinking and I got to get their mindset right. <laughs> Once they get their mindset right, team kind of takes care of themselves. In fact, if they just get out of their team's way, they probably do a lot better. Hmm. So those are like the core founding principles of Productive Dentist Academy is how do we help doctors learn to communicate and get clear on their vision so they get out of their own way? And then the team has space to be trained into that clear vision and decide, and do I want to go where you're going? And if not, let's, uh, let's help you find your happy place. That's, that's yeah. how we do team building. We just make sure everybody finds their happy place. If not with our team, then hopefully with somebody else's. Hmm. So what I'm hearing is you really kind of took, like you're, you're hearing this story unpack, Victoria, of the influences you had, Dale Carnegie, right? And you've, you've read his book or you've listened you know, to his book and you understand the principles behind that. You know, you have this background in hygiene. Um, you know, you, you say it relatively cavalier, but to build hygiene mastery and to build the scaffolding of what that incredible program is and what it was really doing for hygienists and still continues to do for hygienists mm. to help optimize the work that they do. So you have this really cool balance between kind of that humanistic side of dentistry, the humanistic layer of how people interact, um, you know, how, I, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but really how you influence um, your patients, how you influence your team members, how you influence your colleagues. And then you've got this really great uh, work with, I mean, Tony Robbins and, and the ideas he has and the way that he sees the world and how people interact with each other. Um, you know, you, you've, you've kind of got this beautiful kind of snowballed effect that really has kind of created this opportunity now where here you are in the precipice of helping support teams in getting out of their own way and mm. really doing what's right for the patient, um, which is so cool. And, and I, what I want to understand now is when did you decide to further your education and can you walk us through <laughs> what your higher learning degree is in? Because it's fascinating to me. Okay. Well, first of all, I have to go back and really honor all of the support and the shoulders that I stand on. So when I say I developed hygiene mastery, I, you know, I was blessed to be the face of that. And some of the names of the women that uh, were attracted to that are still around today. Rachel Wall was one of the original Mm, hygiene mm -hmm. mastery coaches. So she's still inspiring people. Um, Catherine Catherine Gilliam, like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, is she just deeply, deeply knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Chris Duvall, who is one of the most compassionate patient advocates I have Mm -hmm. ever met. Janet Hagerman, who has book Room to Bloom is still going on. Uh, Cynthia Laura, one of the bravest people I've ever met in my life. Um, Patty Suey, who went on to create a hygiene program of her own. And then I brought her in as director of coaching for Productive Dentist Academy. So those relationships, um, uh, that's, that's a sisterhood there. Yeah. that we still get together. So I, it's so funny because like, who's your competition? Like nobody, because I nobody. just want to be friends with everybody. So. And you just, and, somebody posted a photo of all of you ladies the other day. Yeah, like, that, all was of you. Some, that was 2002, I believe. 
Very cool. Yeah, we, we all wanted to be like Eileen Fisher. I kind of like, what were we thinking with those clothes? But yeah. So that oh. there's so many people that have influenced my body of work and have gone on to create their own body of work. And so from that time, you know, here we are, Bruce and I are teaching teams. We developed uh, one of the first virtual coaching concepts. Uh, you're going to love this, Isabel. Our clients faxed us their data because <laughs> it was virtual coaching. <laughs> so Wow. So well, we they had Wi-Fi. Machine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, yeah. Internet had not quite been invented when we were doing virtual coaching. And That's then awesome. we brought in coaches and we've since brought in the marketing group. But if you look at my Clifton Strength Finders and all the dudes will know about this, my mm-hmm. number, it could easily be my number one, two, three, four, five is learner. I can't wow. stop learning. So somewhere around 2016, I looked back on my path and realized that I have a certificate in emotional intelligence. I have, um, I did a study, a mail order course on financial planning and was studying to become a stockbroker in my second pregnancy because I was bored. I was on bed rest and I was bored. So I've got a deep background in financial planning and accounting and emotional intelligence and just all of this stuff. And there was a point in my life that was also when I owned five dental practices. We may get to that in a moment. So I thought being a consultant's cool. Why not we just put our money where our mouth is and see what we could do at you know owning a practice. That that really sent me over the edge and combine that with menopause and Hashimoto's thyroid. You've got a cocktail of some crazy. And so I really leaned into surviving. I think everybody has a dark night of their soul, right? So mine just came knocking in 2016 once again. And when it did to survive that, I had to go deeper into my own understanding of me and my inner authority and who was I underneath the physical changes in my body, underneath the mental stress of running two ink 5,000 companies at the same time. And, you know, all of that overachiever stuff that I was into. And so I started exploring my spirituality a little bit more, which is very different than religion. Religion. Okay. Some of your listeners may be offended by this. I'll, I'll take it on the chin if you are. Religion is just guilt with different holidays. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Hold on. Let, I mean, religion listen. is just guilt with different holidays. holidays. Okay. I'm yeah, trying to, so under, I'm, I'm not super religious, so I'm trying to understand, but yeah. I don't know if I've ever yeah. felt guilty, but I guess, okay, sure. All right. Okay, yeah, I get it. Grew up in you, may not be highly, you may not be highly religious because <laughs> no. if you're Catholic or Southern Baptist or Jewish or whatever, there's, there's some heapings of, of guilt. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, so is it, is it like when, when, if you eat shrimp over in general, or if you yeah, like, like are not eating parv over a, ho- a high holiday or you're not eating kosher over a high holiday? Is that, is that what we're, maybe that's the that, guilt that behind it. Be an example of oh, some no, of that. I had bacon. Is it like that? Okay. <laughs> All right. I get that. that. I get that. So the spirituality though, is what is the essence of each religion in, in the foundations of love? and in the foundations of truth, and in the foundations of beauty. So when you peel back all religious 
whether it's Islamic or, you know, all world religions, they all believe in something higher than ourselves that is an energetic that has a different name in all of our different cultures. And so that's what I really went to study is what is that common energetic that binds us all? And how does that help me understand myself a bit more? And so that's how I came to study and gain a doctorate. There's this doctor for you in spiritual studies. Mm, so so cool. when you see the initials SSD behind my name, that's a doctorate in spiritual studies. So it's kind of like oh, a PhD in okay. spirituality. Which is like so amazing. I mean, so how have you... How have you taken this working knowledge of, of spirituality, which I would imagine is a very um, personal and very um, deep um, exploration, right? Mm-hmm. Of so many layers of, of you and, and dynamic energy and how you interact with others and all these pieces, right? How right. have you taken this and threaded it through into the work that you're doing now? Um, that's a great question. And uh, one that Vanessa loves me to answer a lot. I really like to bring forward the concepts of what is termed sacred commerce. I really believe that work and entrepreneurship and your job really is a place, is a sacred place for Mm -hmm. your own personal growth. And so how I strive, uh, there are a couple of tenets that I go by. And, and this will be the work for my next 50 years is to judge not, defend not, resist not. So mm-hmm. I'm probably at the judge less, <laughs> judge a little bit less, judge myself a little bit less, judge others a little bit less harshly, you know, some of those tenets of spirituality. And it really, from, it really informs my leadership and asking those questions like, Can kindness and accountability live in the same space? Mm -hmm. Is there grace over grind? You know, how do I get out of the daily grind using grace? How and and grace being, you know, the benefit of the doubt and a little compassion, you know, for what others are going through. Um, How can I redefine respect as the ability to take a second look? So when you get to the spiritual aspects of who we are, when we're calm, when we've meditated, when we're not all cray-cray, as I often get, when you're in that still, quiet moment, everything's awesome. I mean, you are living your best life because when you're right here, right now, whatever that craziness was 30 minutes ago, well, that's already done. And today, the decision I make right now is what's going to inform the ripple effect for tomorrow. So if I can find a way to get in the space of calm, then I have a better chance of a better outcome. But if I stay hijacked over here in the chaos and like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do, and I can't believe this, and they, they wronged me, and I'm burned, and I'm scorned, and I'm all of that. Um, then I know I have almost a zero chance of something 
calm and beautiful and delightful coming out on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I am. I feel like I'm in this constant chaos and I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. It's this concept of like, you know, they say manifesting things, right? Or you're a magnet for what you're attracting. And, crazy. I'm a magnet for crazy. Well, it was just, it's, <laughs> you get down that rabbit hole, right? Where it's like, it is, it all gets stirred into the pot and it's, and, and Victoria, you're right. It's, it's, but that's this moment, you know? And I think we've all yeah. had layers or things that have happened in our lives where you start to peel back the layers of what, what truly matters. And I'll, I'll say like, honestly, you know, um, eight, nine weeks ago, my father passed away and it was really hard and he was my best friend. And, and it's interesting because something happens when you, when you lose somebody really important like that, you're different things that maybe mattered before don't matter anymore. Like I'll say my, it was my birthday this past weekend. I have like 75 text messages from people that I haven't texted back yet. Not because I'm trying to be mean or rude or unkind or disrespectful, but my family flew in town and I wanted to be there and be present. That mattered to me more than what was happening here. This will be here. My phone will be here. The text messages will be there. The emails will be there, but my family won't always. Mm -hmm. So you get to that place where it's, it's like you, you do, you're right. You it's, it's like, it matters because, you know, Irene's somebody that like everything she does it turns to gold and truly it is. There's a lot of stress in that. Or I should say everything she does turns to diamonds because there's a lot of pressure involved in that before she gets there, <laughs> but truly. And so it is hard because she takes these things very seriously. It matters. She's, she is type A. It, this is how it has to be. If you've seen any of her spreadsheets, you're like, okay, this is how we're doing it today. You know, I mean, and, Ooh, I'll go a mano a mano with you on spreadsheets. I love see that. Yeah. I was just going to say like, she, my she spreadsheets is, are interactive. She, her spreadsheets are interactive. Yeah. Her spreadsheets bring all the boys to the automated. yard. Okay. You know what I mean? Mine so, are automated. <laughs> okay. I a spreadsheet off by the way. Um, but, but it matters so much to her. And so that's, what's really hard is like, these things matter. It would yeah. be so much easier for Irene if it didn't matter. Right. If she was like, oh, but I don't care if she half asked her work. Right? right. But when, when you show up every day and you work hard and, and these things are, are so they're part of you, they're part of your brand, your name is on that. It's hard to remove those layers of yourself and go, but what is it within my circle of control and what matters right now? And how much am I going to let this impact me? Because is it going to matter next week? Is it going to matter next month? Right. I think that's a hard thing. You know, we we get so stuck in our own head and our own mindset. Maybe this pandemic has also forced us to, to kind of be more stuck in that. But I I don't know. I don't know. I, Irene, what do you think? I don't know. I started off with the question of how do I get out of the crazy chaos? (laughs) And and I think, I mean, you're right. Like a life change, like what you had happened to you recently, there's no question that it'll change you. If it doesn't change you, then that's the concerning part. Right. Sure. I mean, it's, it's without question that you start to reevaluate your, your day to day and, and what that should look like. Yeah. But how do we get to that without having a life change? Like how, how, how do I, eight months into owning a practice. I mean, we've had this discussion before the office even opened, like three months before I was about to shave my head. Like I was, I was done. You were holding the razor back like that. That's how challenging it was just before opening. And it was those anxieties of like, 
is it going to work? Am I going to get patience? You know, it's a startup during a global pandemic, like all of the things that running through my mind, like, am I going to have to sell organs on the black market to pay my equipment <laughs> fees? And like, is Patterson going to like tear down my house and steal my wedding ring to pay back the cost of my Hydrum and my Bravo and all of the crazy equipment? Um, and now here we are like eight months later, different problems, different fires, different chaos. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do people go through this? And I'm not the only person, like I'm not the only hygienist that's owned a practice. I'm not the only person that's owned a practice. So how do we get, how do you get past the chaos and how do you enjoy your life? Like, I can't remember the last time I went home and just was me like, who who am I even anymore? Yeah. Um, I think what you're surfacing here, both of you is um, there's an intentionality about it. There's an intentionality. And so, first of all, Katrina, my heart is with you. Uh, Grief is a a large part of my storyline as well. And so, DM me anytime you need just somebody to quietly be on the other line and not say a word. Um, So, here's what I would offer to entrepreneurs because I, I literally, my husband said, you need a hobby. Like, you just work so much. So I went down to the store, I got some red chalk paint, and I started painting old wooden chairs that were hanging out. And within like half an hour, I want to say my brain took me off. Like I didn't even have a paintbrush in my hand anymore. I was I was on GoDaddy, hmm. red, red chair furniture, you know, dot com hmm. is that I'm going to do like, like this is my life now. I am going to now paint everything red and have a red furniture store. And I realized in my moment right that. Like I, I came, actually, I had launched this brand and my team talked me out of it. It was called the uh, seriously addicted entrepreneur. And they're like, oh. nobody. Yeah. So that was part of what took me into, I am actually addicted to work. So you hear the phrase workaholic. And I realized in that moment, because I have addictive patterns in my history as well and addictive patterns in my family, I went, if you can't go 10 or 20 or 30 minutes into painting a chair without searching GoDaddy for a domain name, you might have a problem. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. So there had to become an intentionality about putting my needs first, which sounds Mm. really selfish. But as an entrepreneur, there is this pressure from everywhere. And unless you say, Tuesdays at two o'clock every week, I work out, you know, I take Uh three salt baths a week, I have a support group that I can be in. And so I had to start laying down blocks that Mm. were for me, and for no one else. And I had to really, that is where I say, entrepreneurship is one of the highest spiritual tasks you can take on. Because it demands so much and it pulls so much to the surface. Like, no, 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 I'm really a nice person. I didn't mean to cut your head off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that stuff. Um, they called me Mount St. Vicky for a long mm. time. <laughs> and, um, so finding those still quiet moments where you can really regenerate and renew and refresh. And I think the pandemic um, really has helped us to realize how much we need to tap into resiliency. So Mm -hmm. if you don't like the term self-care, you Mm. could say, this is part of my resiliency training. Mm. So as an owner, I need to build resilience. 
Because here's the thing, you've got no business. I'm going to get really passionate here. Mm. You've got no business being a leader, calling yourself a leader, owning a company, having the livelihoods of other people in your hands if you are not willing to have some non-negotiables in your life. The number one non-negotiable as a leader, you better be confident because if you don't believe in yourself, why would your team? Mm. Number two, you better be resilient because you signed up for a damn big roller coaster and the waves are going to come and they're going to come and they're going to come until you learn the lesson of that wave. And so it is that getting back up. Number three, you better be willing to do it easy. Be willing to do it easy. I think that the last 200 years of the industrial uh, revolution, you know, we are in an industrial management framework and brave people like the two of you are breaking down that archetype. So it's a very feminine um, nature to say, I'm going to do this with grace and ease. I refuse to get stressed out about this. I refuse to make your problem my problem, right? And so we've got this attachment to working hard as a Puritan ideal. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say that I, some of my best work is my easy work. Because I have a framework that allows for that. I block my schedule. I have non-negotiables. Those are the hard masculine frames that really help women thrive as leaders. And without it, it's soul crushing for me. That's been my experience. Without the hard boundaries of what nourishes me and mm-hmm. helps me build resiliency, I get, I get crushed. Hmm. Am I on topic at all? This is like, we don't really gold. have topics, yeah. but this we is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, really. It, it is because I, you're right. I think we have sensationalized. We have glamorized the super busy female entrepreneur. That's like so busy. I have too many things going on. Um, almost making it like it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. and I think we needed that because people like Irene, people like myself, like I, there's, there is a lot to it. If it were easy, everybody would do it. And so, yes, there are layers of the work that we do. You you do finish your day of clinical practice and then come home and you have hours of emails and you have to write programs and you have to do, you know, yes, that does happen. But is that sustainable? And if so, is that really work that feels good? And is that the work that you want to do? And I think it, it all just kind of ties back to intentionality, to your mm. point you know, being intentional about it. There are going to be, I call, I call them hell weeks. Like there are going to be weeks where you have a zillion deadlines and things are going on and you're delivering this program here, you're traveling there. And so, yeah, you, you, you know, hunker down for that and you go into survival mode and you do what you need to do. But if you're living in survival mode all the time, that is the time to go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There and you go. Think about... Hi, my name's Irene. I'm living in survival mode. <laughs> Irene is not. Irene is not honoring Maslow's. I had a banana and some ramen Must for eat. for food today. <laughs> and, oh, and I, just... I, I went back out to the kitchen and I got a couple of slices of salami. That that was that was why I ran out of here because I thought I was going to pass out. I don't know. Oh, I fine. feel like I feel like we we all go through things like this and like, these are the things that they don't teach you in school. Like they don't teach you how to hunker down and go through your programs or um, like these, these are steps that most people don't talk about. And I find it interesting that you mentioned 
earlier, Victoria, that like you're friends with all of these kind of like high powered women that have similar interests. Like, I, I don't know if that's a generational thing, but in our generation, Katrina and I, like, you know, there, there are core groups of people that do similar things. They're not all friendly with one another. And I'm going to say that out loud. And I'm going to say that on the podcast because that's, that's in our, that's in our generation too. I mean, I think I, I, I feel like, I feel like I I'm friends with a very small handful of people that I would share my, my, my secrets with um, because most of the time people use that against you. So it's unfortunate that we live in that world where we're not empowering one another and we're not giving each other <laughs> advice, but instead we're looking at like someone else's fault and how someone else can dive yeah. in and, and pick up the mm-hmm. pieces when things fall apart. Like it's unfortunate. So well, I don't, don't know. Don't worry, we have Clubhouse now and we're all friends on Clubhouse. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. We're, but we're not though, because because I've I, I, I wasn't on a Clubhouse group yesterday and it was kind of a, an interesting thing. I don't know if anyone's listening that was in that group, but there were probably like 12 or 13 people and the, the title of the thing was like, uh, thinking outside of the box in dentistry. And um, someone came in that was talking about her like social media partnerships. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know who this person was, but she was a follower. So I ended up kind of like, you know, doing the little clubhouse is great because you can leave the app and, and start doing other things. So I started, you know, Googling and looking and Instagramming. And it's like, you know, she's done a few partnerships here and there. And then, and then the then through shade, like throws shade in a group with five other people that I'm friends with, including two of my best friends about like, Oh, you know, I I really dislike the social media people that, you know, do partnership with all of these different companies. Um, You know, I, I I don't like to spread myself thin that way. Uh, And I feel like why, why would we, we wouldn't make those comments to someone face to face. You'd never say that to someone at a trade show floor, like, hi, I'm Irene. Nice to meet you. Uh, You know, you shouldn't do this. Right. But we can over social media and we can over now Clubhouse. That is just another way for what we're already mean people to be even meaner. Mm. But but Mm -hmm. do it discreetly. Right. I don't know. I I feel like pointing. I think you're pointing out two things that I think are critical. Um particularly for young entrepreneurs like the two of you, you will, it's going to be so funny. I want you to market. How old are you now, Irene? 35. 35. So in, in 23 years, go out and mark your Google calendar 23 years from today. Okay. I'm going to do sitting it. Sitting on a podcast at age 58 and okay. you're going to be talking about your group. You're going to be talking about, oh yeah, back in the day, it was me and Katrina and the gang, and we were, <laughs> like really, you know, starting to make our name and, you know, we, we weren't really doing much. And they're like, oh my God, there's such powerhouses. You're all powerhouses. So you're, you're, we're all on the same path. And uh, one of my favorite phrases that a mentor of mine gave me was success requires support. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a requirement. So success requires support. And you'll see in my circles, Katrina will see it firsthand in Miami. And um, Ann Duffy teases me about this all the time. When I'm at a trade show, if you ever want to find me, look at one of the four corners, because I will be in the corner of the room. I'm such a wallflower. And <laughs> I always feel like I don't fit in and my, who would want to talk to me. So even at this level of national speaker, international speaker, I still go, well, God, why, why do they even want me here? And I don't, I don't, do all that girly stuff and the, 
And Anne, sure enough, at the first do retreat, she goes, there you are. You said you hang out in the corners and here you are. You're in the corner. <laughs> but my support system is quite private. I'm like you. There's, I'm, I've got a, a very strong private support system that I know I can count on, you know, so that if that's family, if that's friends, that's colleagues, uh, that's mentors, that's coaches uh, that really support you. And here's the other benefit. The more support you allow yourself to receive, women are not very good at receiving. So the more support you allow yourself to receive, the more successful you become. Hmm. So sometimes you have team members that are just dying for an opportunity to do more. And if we've got on that superwoman, no, 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 I can do my job and yours because <laughs> I'm an yeah. overachiever. You're actually robbing somebody else of the gift of learning from you and supporting you in that way. So you've mm-hmm. got a wonderful team that you're putting together eight months into your business. I know that first year, that race to revenue, that's intense. So and uh, I, I feel like I'm on a Dear Abby right now. Is this <laughs> is it normal though? I mean, you've done it. You've done it five times. You've yeah. had five practices. You're is in this... the normal life cycle of it. You are in oh, the normal. So the life feeling cycle of like of wanting it. to shave your head and then sell it all and move to an island somewhere like that's normal to feel that way. I have shaved my head and moved to an island. I'm not going to island of Hawaii. I mean, I, yes, I'm Actually, on the right track. Recommended prescription. Oh man! Well, Victoria, this has been lovely. Yes, I feel like I don't know. I feel like I'm a little, little less strung up now than I was mm-hmm. an hour ago when we first started. Just breathe. It'll be okay. Um, so thank you. Thank you for your yeah. insights. Thank you. It might be the salami that's kicking in now, Irene. Do you think so? My Maybe. hives are gone da- have gone down. How are your hives today? My hives are my hives are gone. Well, oh. I have one more. And then oh. I'm done. Yeah. Oh, can, we, got- can we name your hive? Helen. Let's name that one. We'll name her Helen. <laughs> Irene had hives and then I think I got sympathy hives. I've had awesome. hives for three months. Stress will do something Ooh, stress, to you. Stress, yeah, it's hives, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, so crazy. That is, your, that is your indication that you don't have to go down any further down the medical path to know that now is a great time to start taking care of you. Yes. Even if it means missing a deadline. You don't we, actually we die don't, when you miss a deadline. We don't miss deadlines over here. It's not a thing we do. I've never missed a deadline. Uh, call it okay. a timeline and you won't get killed. <laughs> uh, well thank you so much for for joining us today before we we head out um we're we're called the tooth or dare podcast for a reason i don't know if you know this but at the end of every episode katrina and i do a rock paper scissors and the loser goes up against you and you get to decide whether you choose to accept or dish out a tooth or a dare oh. a tooth is done right now and they're usually pretty steamy. A dare is filmed and is posted on social media. So oh, while wow. you think about that, <laughs> while you think about that, well, Katrina and I are going to queue up. I mean, we'll we'll keep it PG-ish. Ish. Ish. Um, so Katrina and I are going to get queued up here. And in the meantime, the rest of you need to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genist. Victoria, where can they find you? Are you an Instagram or a Facebooker? I do. And Allison's going to be so disappointed. I don't remember. She's so funny. She doesn't remember her (laughs) Instagram handle. (laughs) 
Well, they, they can find you on Facebook, right? Victoria Peterson. You me. also have your own kind of private Facebook group called Resilience, Resilience. with Victoria. So we can find you there. That's and great, yeah. Find and, Victoria Peterson, Productive Dentist or Resilience with Victoria. There you go. Perfect. I okay, Katrina, are you ready to go, friend? Yes, let's do it, sister. All right. Rock, paper, sizzles, shoot. Irene, you've been winning like I am crazy a winner. I am a winner. And you know what's this funny? Because nuts. these episodes don't go up in sequence. So <laughs> when I listen back, I listen to like three or four of our episodes at a time. And it's like, I win, I win, I lose, I win, I win. And you're like, you're winning, you're winning. And it's oh, like, I just she, lost the last episode. No, <laughs> but, she, you, you've been on a streak <laughs> lately, girl. <laughs> um, okay, so Victoria, it's up to you. Yeah. Would you like to accept or dish? Dish. Ooh, would you like Katrina? Will you accept a tooth or would you like a dare? Oh, wait, no, no, no. I accept. You I don't accept. want a dish. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I accept. Do you accept. accept a tooth or a dare? A dare. <gasps> Katrina! <laughs> oh, my goodness. What are you going to do? Do people not usually accept a dare? No, they do. I just do this thing all the time. They <laughs> do. We get really excited. <laughs> we okay. just get really excited. Victoria Peterson. You always say that you're a wallflower anytime that you're at a trade show, but Uh you're going to be in Miami. Uh (laughs) So (laughs) what I would like for you to do is post on social media, a video of you dancing in the center of it all one night. Wow. Okay. And I will be there with you in the center dancing with you. Okay. And someone else will film it. Somebody else films it. We'll make Elijah Desmond film it. Yeah. <laughs> Reagan will be there with us too, Reagan. Okay. And so that's the extent of the dare. I just have to dance in the center of it. You yes. have to be in the center of the all the action. Okay. So not wearing, you know, a fruit basket on my head or anything I mean, are you offering? Because if, if, if you keep that going, would be, she's going to add would, those things yeah. to, no, the, to the dare. Cool the Come think of here. it. I would yeah. like <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> is this a toga party? He's <laughs> got all be. these like crazy parties happening that weekend. So, oh my goodness. Um, so what do you think? Do you accept? I accept. I awesome. Accept. Wonderful. A That's a wonderful. Wonderful. It's going to be awesome. All right, everyone. Tune in uh, to our Instagram at toothordare.podcast to watch the stare go down. And until next time, peace out, peeps. Cheers. From the flip side, on the flippity flip, we're here. Was that good or what? And by the way, by the way, she did, she chose dare. And I want to tell you, she was so proud because she did complete her dare. And it's going up on social media. You guys, please check it out. She's good. She, she danced. Did, did in you the record center. it for her? I did not, but somebody else did. She told me, don't you worry, I recorded my dare. So it's going to be like put out there on social media. We're very excited for Victoria Peterson to awesome. just rock it center stage with her fabulous dancing skills. It's going to be real good. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Cool.
Okay, well, you know where to go, peeps. Follow us on Instagram at twothirddare.podcast to watch this dare go down. Watch it. And while Katrina soaks up some more Miami heat, I'll be over here just twiddling my thumbs and... No, she's you know, not twiddling the thumbs. Doing the same Irene old is thing. Like, okay, what you guys don't realize is that Irene is wearing scrubs right now. She's in between patients recording this episode. So you are working hard and you are doing the damn thing, which I absolutely love, while I'm literally living out... A Ricky Martin video. Yes. I'm so tired. <laughs> I know. I am too. I'm so like, tired of all you. of this stuff. I want to see you. I want to hug you. I want to never let go of your little Canadian self. And it's, it's not even about like traveling or doing that stuff. I mean, that would be nice, but it's about like having an actual damn life. I know. I don't know. We're leaving the, the heartfelt stuff till the very end. So those of you that are still around, I feel like, I don't know. I'm in this like weird funk where like I don't want to be around people because I'm around patients and I feel like it's my responsibility to be safe. Now there's like, you know, two more different variants of COVID that the vaccine, at least here in Canada, they say is not really efficient against. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm in this weird like funk and all I do is scale teeth and then go home. And like, I have this permanent indentation in the sofa where I sit and play with Lou. Like, that's all I do. I go from home to work to work to home. And I don't know if Katrina looks really stern at me right now because I think her screen's frozen. So I don't know if she's even hearing any I'm of this stuff. I'm hearing all of it. Oh. So anyways, that's how I feel right now. I don't know uh, if anyone else feels this way. You, I do feel this way too. I'm in alignment with that. I'm absolutely in alignment. But you're at least doing stuff. Like, that makes me feel like if I could at least do stuff... They've just shut down everything here again for another six weeks. Like restaurants are closed permanently, hmm. uh, takeout only. They've enforced like a stay at home order and they like gave authority to the police to card people to like stop random cars and ask people where they're going, which wow. is disgusting. I think is absolutely disgusting. Like we're carding people now like that. That's what's happening. Wow. And of course, like I don't even I don't even want to talk about like who's going to be carded the most. Because we know how that all works out. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to be the white girl driving around in a in an Audi. Right. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that because mm-hmm. I find it completely disgusting. Agreed. And if I get pulled over by the cops, I will not be a very nice human being. So, anywho, um, that, that is it. I think that's, that's all I should say for now. And she has spoken. Irene Anaku of Toronto has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Irene for mayor. <laughs> Irene for mayor. Hear ye, hear ye. Read all about servants, it. Read all about it. Here she is. Irene, Irene, Angako. <laughs> I love okay, you, thanks, you little Canadian. For, thank, you for, thank you for listening to my rant, everyone. That was good. And, um, thank you. Uh, That's yeah, a good journey I, I will, for us. I will now. I digress. Thank you. Have a nice day. Until next time. Um, peace out, peeps. Cheers. Congratulations for taking on the good fight. I don't know if you know that this will come out in the podcast, but as a hygienist in the States, we can't own dental practices, right? And in the States that I was in, I couldn't own a hygiene practice. But I did find a way around that eventually after 25 years of consulting. And I actually thought, Katrina, it would be fun and easy to own dental practices. And so I bought three practices in one month. And six months later, I added two more. So I had five locations, 2,000 miles away from me. And I realized 
where else do I go where there are hygienists crazy enough to like want to employ associate doctors? Like there's just no community for Mm -hmm. that. Right. I wholeheartedly want to honor you and say congratulations for being one of the few who dare because it is a very courageous thing that you're doing. And I really am. I'm gonna I cry. congratulate you. Yes, Irene. It's true. 